Hey, all you beautiful souls, and welcome to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. My name is Shalane Carter. I'm your host. I'm also a personal trainer, yoga teacher, meditation guide, and spiritual leader. This podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wellness, yoga, and spirituality, and really learning to break through limitations and open yourself and your spirit up to receiving all the abundance the universe has to offer. Each week, along with myself and many other awesome guests, you'll begin to expand your knowledge and insight on how to level up and step into your highest self. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Eat, Pray, Slave podcast. I'm A, so happy that you are here. I feel so honored that you would take your time out to listen to this, Um, especially since I'm sitting down with Nicolette Metropolis. She is her and I actually met through a healing program, but she's an incredible, incredible healer, but has a background in psychology. And so her perspective, I always think is so interesting. And she's really allowed that to bleed kind of into the way that she helps people on top of building a really incredible uh, business with jewelry and utilizing crystals and stones and things like that to help people facilitate their healing. So she's so uh, multifaceted and, and I think a not only just such an incredible person, but also such a wealth of knowledge and such a kind human. So thank you so much, Nicolette, for being here today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about all of the healing stuff. I mean, from crystals to energy healing to psychology, it's all one of the same. So I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, like, and it's, it's, I think always one of those things, like when you, um, a lot of the times, like people who are in my wheelhouse and my clients and, and people that I'm helping, they, I'm always like, well, how did, how did you kind of get into it? Like, how did you get into these things? And a lot of times we have this incredible history and background and things like that, which kind of allow that blossoming of your knowledge to just, and your interest to, to come forth. So I would love for you to share with us a little bit about you know, how did you really get into, I know how you, you ended up in the, the, our program together, but I would love to know a little bit more about your history and kind of background and what led you into psychology and then healing and crystals. Like how did that evolve for you? Yeah, I think like most people, you have to hit rock bottom in order to get there and to be like, okay, my life has been this way for so long, but I've literally hated it up until this point. And don't get me wrong, I haven't hated every aspect of my life, but there were definitely things that I was unhappy with and not willing to settle. And so, you know, I got to a point where I had gone through a really bad breakup. And prior to that, um, I, I'm a psychology student. It wasn't until I was a junior in college that I started energy healing. But so before that, going all the way back to even my childhood, I've always considered myself a very spiritual person, but I never knew where I fell because I didn't really believe in religion. I didn't really know what I believed in. I knew I was spiritual, but nothing was really connecting. I knew that my body was energetic and that I had abilities to heal myself. And that was like enough for me to be like, 
okay, what more, what else, what, there's got to be something more for me. And so going all the way back to childhood, like I said, I've always been super spiritual and I've always been interested in energy and crystals and astrology and all the spiritual things, but I didn't really know where to start. And it wasn't until I was a freshman in college that I lost a friend of mine to suicide. And I was a nursing major at the time. And it really made me stop and evaluate my life. I was like, okay, mental health is serious, like way serious than I ever thought it could be. Like it has now taken an absolute effect on my life. And there's gotta be something more that I can do to help other people heal themselves. Because I know that I can't change people, but what if I can help them find the tools and the resources to heal themselves? And so after she died, you know, I found myself in a new relationship and I was just trying to like be okay really and just trying to figure out what I could do for myself well I got into a relationship and that relationship ended and when that relationship ended I found myself in another dark place again once again I was back to rock bottom and I was like okay like I keep relying on something or someone to help me through my anxiety and through my trauma and my pain but again like it's leaving me in the exact same place like no one else can help me through this. Like, what can I do for myself? And so I like, like my sister randomly brought up this energy healing class and I was like, sign me up. I don't even know what a chakra is, but let's do it. And I signed up, literally signed up, paid all this money. Didn't even know what anything was, didn't know what I was doing. But I just knew in my heart I was being called to this. And like I said, I've always been into crystals and healing and all these things, but I wanted more for myself and I wanted more for the people that are in my lives. I've always noticed that people come to me and share their problems and feel comfortable telling me things that are going on in their life. And it made me kind of just realize like, okay, like people are coming to me for a reason. Like I have felt in my soul that I'm here to help people, but I don't know how I thought I wanted to be a nurse, but I was scared of needles. I was like, I was just trying to find something like a way to help. This is not for me. Yeah. I'm like, it's not even for me, but I just want to help people. So I'll stick someone with a needle to give them a shot if I have to, even though I'm literally terrified. And so I was like, there's gotta be more, there's gotta be more. And so I kept asking myself why. And like, I feel like most like very spiritual people will end up in this kind of realm. Like it all starts with being at a very low point and asking yourself, like pondering life. Like, why am I here? Like, why is my soul in this body? Like, what is going on? Like, what is this about? Like, I really was asking myself like deep questions. And then, you know, with my psychology background, I go to the university of Nevada, Las Vegas. I am a senior. This is my last semester as a senior, but I am taking an extra year because I have a minor in human services, which is therapy and counseling. And, and because I changed my major from nursing. Um, but to this point, I've realized like through psychology, it's like really made me question things because it's science, it's energy. And so when I started learning about energy, I was like, okay, there's more, like I'm finding out some answers here. Like I'm kind of addicted to this. Like, I just want to know everything about the brain. Like I want to know the science behind it. And then taking what I've like learned about the actual brain and the chemistry of the body and putting that with your emotions and healing is like 
the recipe for success, like knowing what I know about psychology and adding it to what I know about, you know, movement of the body and mindfulness and energy and healing and all of these things. It's just, it's pushed me to this level of like, okay, I need to know more. So ever since like, it's my life experiences really that have pushed me to this point. Like I've just always wanted more and more and more for myself. And so it started with, you know, like, it's the unconventional things that you would never expect that you are put through that make you reanalyze your life and why you're here and what your purpose is on earth. Like when I lost a friend to suicide, I had never lost anyone to suicide. And it just made me think like, okay, like people struggle with thoughts and like emotions and feelings and repressed energy. And all emotions are is energy in motion. So it's the same thing. And so like having these life experiences had made me have made me like stop and just realize like, okay, like, let's reflect here. Let's not think, let's feel about this. Let's figure out what's going on. How can I help? How can I help other people? How can I help myself? I myself have my own major anxiety. And when I was first diagnosed with it, I was in denial. I was like, I do not have anxiety just because I'm anxious right now. When I did this evaluation, like you just prescribed, or you just said that like diagnosed me with anxiety, but you don't even know me. But now I'm like, looking back like four years ago, I'm like, I do have anxiety. And now I'm in a place where I'm okay with telling people I have anxiety. Before I was like, I don't have anxiety. Like I'm fine. I'm everything's good. Like I'm fine. But I was in denial of my own emotions that I was suppressing from like my childhood. And it wasn't until, you know, we were in energy healing um, certification that we did a childhood um like a childhood meditation and I like lost my mind and I was like wow I've got problems (laughs) but we all do (laughs) and so it's like realizing those and then taking the consistent conscious effort to change them and like literally re-patterning patterning and rewiring your brain that makes the difference and like I was just like at such a low point point that I'm like, I'll do anything. Like I will literally do anything to change, but I don't know what to do. So like heavens, angels, whoever you are, like help, like give me the answers. It was literally tarot cards that made me change my major. It was when I, I got a deck and I was like, all right, like I'm losing my mind over here. Like, I don't think I'm supposed to be a nurse, but I have no idea what my purpose and passion is. Like no idea. What do I do? I was like, tell me tarot cards, tell me. And they did. They literally pushed me to like, follow my passion, follow my pursuit of happiness, heal people, like care for other people. Mental illness is like my jam. Like I love it. Like everybody struggles with it in some degree or another. And so it was really just like evaluating my own life and like the people around me where I'm like, okay, something needs to change. Like there's more here that I don't know about, but I'm going to figure it out. Well, and really it's interesting that you say tarot cards because, um, the the tarot itself there's a lot of different philosophies of thought but um if you're you're i'm sure you're familiar with uh carl jung his his um his perception is of it is the tarot is actually just different aspects of the subconscious so when you lay out all of the cards and they all have the same like major and minor um arcana like it is you know the major ones are kind of more life transitions like those types of things and then the minor ones are kind of more emotional, um, circumstantial and things like that, but things that we all experience. And I love that you even said that, like everybody suffers to some degree or at some point in their life with 
mental distress. Like to right. say, to sit here and say, like, I, I never means that you don't feel anything. You, that you're not a human, that you don't have it's emotions. Problem. Yes. Which is right. exactly why you. And if you feel that way. Yeah, yes. Like, yes. That's what I was going to say. If you feel that way, that is the problem. <laughs> yes. yes. No, absolutely. Tarot cards. Like I always think to myself as I'm pulling them, I'm like, my subconscious is just telling me what I need to hear right now. Like the answers aren't even in the cards. It's no. in my mind, but seeing a picture brings it out because right. I'm receptive to tarot cards because it's like, it's like a different to like entity or your angels or whatever you believe in telling you this information. And so it's not, it's like giving it up to that higher power, like knowing like the law of oneness, like we are all interconnected. Therefore, like the cards are connected to me. Therefore, when I pull a card, the card's telling me something, even though it's really myself telling me. Right. And, and it tells you exactly reflection. what you need to hear because you're self-conscious. Yes. Yeah. And so it has helped me so much in that way to like give up power from myself to like the cards. Yeah. Um, so do you find that, um, I know some of your specialty is in like um, treating people with like mental disorders and, and things like that, especially within your healing. Do you find that, um, that you kind of have a certain type of people that always comes for you for healing? And is, is it a lot of people who, Again, because you are very um, aware that you're like, I do suffer from anxiety. Like I'm not denying these parts anymore. Do you find that those type of people gravitate towards you or, or how do you kind of, what are some of your things that you've experienced, especially with the blending of the two that really allows both sides to be seen, both the science, the more like Western and the more like Eastern medicine of like, you know, prana or chi, like the, the life force that's in, within all of us. Yes. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. I was, I have my own therapist that I was talking to the other day and she goes, you'll notice like when one client comes to you, a bunch of clients start to come to you with that same, whatever it is. And that is 100% the case. I have mostly seen patients, a couple different kinds. One, depression and anxiety, like the comorbidity of the two in one person. I see like, that's like almost every single person that comes to me, which is crazy because it's, it's every person struggles with it to some degree, like I said. And so um, it's interesting because it's even the people that you think have no struggles, they're struggling with it. And so um, that is one of the main, like, I'm sure that's the same with you. I think that's most people struggle with anxiety and depression. But the second one that I've really seen is, you know, I talk about how I got into this because I lost a friend to suicide and I've brought in people like that have either lost someone to suicide or someone was murdered in front of them. And I've had multiple people come to me with that and they came within a week apart. And I'm like, wow. okay, this is not a coincidence, no. but I am feeling like I'm getting suicidal clients and clients who have either lost someone in front of them, or someone was murdered in front of them or that someone took their life in front of them. I've had um, these clients come in with these like deep, 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 like trauma, trauma, trauma. And 
I think it's because, you know, when you're focusing on that certain kind of energy, like my friend who lost her, who lost her life to suicide, you know, she's one of my angels that's protecting me. And therefore, you know, I understand like what she has been through to a certain level that I can relate to other clients who have been through something similar. And so naturally energy pulls. And so these people are drawn to me out of nowhere, like they don't even know my experience with suicide or, or that I've lost someone, but they're naturally drawn to me because energy knows energy. We are just spiritual souls living in a human body. And so it's important to remember that like our energy always knows. And so these people are drawn to me because, you know, I've had this experience and can relate to them and can just, you know, help give them like the love and support of feeling seen and heard that they haven't been able to get from anyone else because no one else understands. And I think another thing is, you know, going back to my psych, my background in psychology, a lot of people that have those deep, deep trauma wounds feel comfortable coming to me knowing that I have experience with um, mental illness and a background in it and that I'm showing that showcasing that by going to school for like how many years to to learn about it and grow and keep evolving and changing and and, and just learning how to approach these people in, in their own um, trauma with like unconditional positive regard and compassion because it, it like I have literally been taught in my work to treat a serial killer the same way I would treat just a normal person. And that is a huge thing that you have to learn. Like not every person has the capacity to love a serial killer the way that they would love a normal person. Like it's just not normal, but I see it as, you know, that serial killer has its own trauma that they're healing from and they need just as much help. And who are we to deny them that help? Yes, yes. And so like the deeper the wound, the more I'm like compelled to help because I know that everybody has that innate ability to heal themselves, but they just aren't being told that, you know, society is like, you are this way, like you're broken. You're going to be broken forever. And that is not the case. And people need to know that. And so I just, my mission is to just like, help people. Like, it doesn't matter who you are, what you're going through. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like no judgment, like judgment is why people won't come in to get help. Judgment is what stops people from releasing their own potential. And if I can just like in a small way, plant a seed in someone's life, then that's all I'm here to do because that is what people need. It's like the smallest little things that you think you're not even helping someone that helps someone. Totally. What's interesting, it's interesting that you say that because I, I can't remember where I read this, but it talked about the way in which Western medicine approaches all aspects of health. So not just mm-hmm. physical, but mental, emotional, all of those things. And it is very much a, um, a detachment. So you're feeling this and it's uncomfortable. And instead of saying, how did we get to this point? It's the method for pretty much everything. If you look at the way in which they're approached is detachment. So detaching from the feeling. Well, the feeling didn't just show up. So the root of how it got there still resides. It's like chopping down the tree. Like, so it's a stump, but not actually pulling out the roots. It's still going to grow. So it's going to come back in other ways, which I think is so interesting because, you know, there's all these, we have all these issues with, you know, prescription drugs and like a very excessive culture because we're not 
feeling. We're trying to detach intentionally. Whereas they talked about with, I wish I could recall where I, I had read this. Um, I want to say, uh, da, 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 da. Peter Levine? No, I can't remember. It, um, I want to say it was in a book about psychology, actually. But they talked about that Eastern medicine, yeah. their practice is actually to look at some of the questions that they ask is, you know, well, how do you feel about your job? How do you feel about your body? Tell me a little bit about your relationship with your partner or relationship with your parents. Where did you grow up? Like what happens is when you're experiencing all this, they look at it as full embodiment, that the, the pain that you're feeling, the, the anxiety, the depression, like however it's expressing itself comes from more than just feeling sad, right? And I hate that the depression or anxiety are just like, oh, I'm just nervous. Like it's not nervousness. Anxiety is a result of a long-standing situation where you feel like you were in constant threat. Your body never goes out of that kind of fight or flight. You're always on edge. Depression is same thing, long-standing. It didn't just show up. So the Eastern medicine approach is where is the root? Where did it come from? Why do you feel this way? When do you feel this way? How often is it certain time of days? Is it certain people? Is, you know, and there's this whole looking at you as a whole person, that your physical body is not separate from your emotional body, from your energetic body. That's why they're, they're advocates of like acupuncture and cupping and all of those types of things because of that um, ideology is this is the last manifestation. When you feel pain, when you are feeling thoughts of suicide, when you are feeling these things, it doesn't just come out of nowhere. It's not just a physical biological thing. And we can actually like prove this by just recalling a memory that you feel sad. Your physical body responds. Like I, I do this exercise so much in groups and I'm sure you're kind of familiar with something like this, but like if you recall a memory where you feel sad, like your shoulders hunch, your eyes start to water, you're actually, your heart kind of feels like sullen almost. And you're like, okay, it's over. Now we call a happy memory. Physio physically, your body responds, shoulders spread spine erects, eyebrows raised, cheeks soften, like your body just responds to the thought of something that has happened. Mm -hmm. And so when you understand that, like you can't, you cannot say what is currently happening, the pain, the suffering, whatever you're experiencing is just happening right now. It's just biological. It's just a hormone imbalance. Well, that didn't just show up this morning. Mm -hmm. I didn't wake up. Like that happens when you break a leg. Like, <laughs> that's instantaneous. Like, right. You know what I mean? But a lot of the things that we're talking about that are hormonal, that are emotional, that are, you know, in your brain, there is a misfire that is happening. Doesn't happen from just flip of a switch, you know? Right. right. Which is why I'm obsessed with psychology because it's about power of belief. It's what made me realize that my thoughts was creating my reality. And once I realized that I was like, I can literally do anything. Like I can yeah. literally, if you can think it in your head, you can hold it in your hand. Like that yeah. is what I've learned through psychology. And with what you're saying, like even that, um, that immediate response, like when, like 
all of a sudden I have anxiety, okay, during the day or something. It's because I'm triggered by something that, like you said, goes way deeper. It probably comes from childhood or an experience I don't even remember or recall, but it is in my subconscious mind because through psychology, I realized that your subconscious mind stores everything. It does not forget. And it will pull those memories and bring them back up when it needs you to see it. And when you're ready to be aware of it and yeah. heal it. And so you were, I'm like 100% like jumping out of my seat. So just want to screen this to the world. Like when you are triggered by something, it is your trigger. It is probably 99% of the time, not by what someone said to you that you're upset. If someone said something about, you know, your outfit, you, it probably goes back to childhood and feeling like you didn't have the choice in what you could wear or something like along those lines. It always it goes could, so much deeper than we think. Right. Well, I mean, when you think about it as a child, like up until the point of like seven or eight years old, a lot of your brainwave state is actually in lower frequencies. Like you don't sit in the alpha conscious analytical thinking brainwave state. You actually reside mostly in the lower brainwave states. And so all you're really doing is learning and absorbing. So if somebody to use your reference said like, I don't care what you want to wear today. This is what you're going to wear. And you were two years old, you probably don't remember. Nobody right. like at that point, you're like, where the fuck did that come from? Like, why am I so <laughs> upset about this? So dumb. But you're like, at some point, I felt like my opinion, what I wanted was not valued. I felt yes. less than. And it shows up then when somebody says something like this. And that's what I think I love. That's why I love, I was so excited about this conversation is because when you, take the western analytical let's the science behind the brain and why we do things we do and you pair it with the eastern let's get to the root and fully embody all of who we are you're actually provided a much better experience i think in not just healing but also in awareness of who you are like it doesn't discount any of the medical things it's not discounting the fact that you may need you know, prescriptions that you may need certain things for yourself at certain times. However, in the interim, it also then permits, gives you this almost permission of like, I can do my healing and mm -hmm. I can also feel good right now. I don't have to always choose and always be a slave to my medication, to, right. you know, this particular thing, to this, you know, anxiety. I don't have to live this way. I can work on healing it getting to the root of it and allowing myself to be who I am, which will then as a byproduct release things that you don't need that anymore. You won't feel like you're able to wean yourself off of medication. You're able to do all of these things. You're able to be confronted with circumstances that you do feel like an anxiety attack coming on. And instead of being like, and then feeling panic because you know, it's coming, you actually are equipped with the tools to remove yourself from that energetic state, from that emotional state into one where you do feel more calm. You do feel more clear. You do feel more present. But if you never know that that's an option for you, you would think the only option is- Right. Right. So that is where the problem comes in because society has taught us that like, if you've got a problem with your brain go get medicated mm -hmm. and like that is okay for certain like circumstances and situations but a lot of people won't look at holistic options first and being able to pair these two is like the recipe for mastery of your own life because 
it, oh, I love that. It, oh, most people what they do is when they feel something, they're like, okay, I feel this way. Like now I'm going to go, now I'm going to go get help. And that's not, that, that's not always what you have to do. Like it can be sitting with the emotion, feeling whatever is going on. And then you'll realize and your, your subconscious mind will pull out whatever memory it needs you to remember in order for you to heal that part. But most people won't sit with the memory. They'll just be like, okay, I'm anxious. I'm going to go get some um, Xanax. And then they won't sit with it. But it's like, how do you know to sit with it if no one tells you? No one teaches this, which is why I'm so passionate about it. Because I'm like, everyone needs to know this. This is the recipe to heal your life. But no, like I'm in a university and no one has taught me this, which makes me sick. Because I'm like, everyone needs to know this. And it makes me so sad that they aren't teaching it in the education systems. They aren't teaching it on the news. They're... I would have to go out of my own to figure this information out. And most of my knowledge comes from like meditation and tuning into myself and that law of divine oneness, like really connecting and mindfulness. But without that, most people can't even take five minutes out of their day to get to that point. So how do they know to do that? Well, and what I find so interesting is, especially in teaching yoga, I have always noticed people will, the class will be hard. People will be moving. They will push themselves. They would do all the things. As soon as I ask them to sit down in like a seated meditation, it is almost agonizing for them to sit in stillness, for them to not wipe sweat, for them to not itch, itch a scratch, for them to not take a drink of water, for them to not wipe their brow, for them to just sit is so much harder than any exercise I could give them to lay down in Savasana at the end. I'm like, Guys, I'm just literally asking you to lay down, to actually fucking rest. But our society glorifies being Mm -hmm. busy, being overwhelmed, being booked. All the hustle, hustle, hustle is glorified as better. And when you do that, when your mind is so busy, you can't hear any emotions. So we almost give this perfect Petri dish for medication. Because I don't want to sit in, in meditation. I don't want to sit in stillness. I don't want to sit in quiet. I don't want to feel my emotions. If I take this, I don't have to do any of that. However, then you commit yourself in an entirely different way to a totally different beast. I would rather have the beast of meditation and being sitting with my own mind and my own thoughts and allowing those things to come up than the beast of, I always need this medication. I always need this to feel good or to not feel pain. Right not even to feel good. A lot of people will tell you like when they get on certain medications, it's not that they feel great or that they feel happy. They just don't feel sad. And sometimes it's that they just don't feel like the pain anymore. And they're just trying to get away from the pain. And so practices like meditation, like yoga, like these things that actually bring you back to yourself and make you more introspective does bring up emotion, but it also allows you to release that. So it's, I, it's a different beast, but I, I think if you're going to pick one, like you were saying, like pick the one that you choose you, that you listen to actually what you need, you know? Right. I'm like, I would much rather go through the work of healing my own life and like go through that pain and that agony and feel those emotions and the trauma that I've been through than to never deal with it. Because I cannot imagine my life in 30 years if I hadn't dealt with and continue to deal with all of my own traumas. 
because it affects every person in my life. Yeah. It's one of the laws of the universe. Like what you put out, like is what you get back. So if you're not taking care of yourself, that's going to be put on other people. It's going to show up in your relationships. It's going to show up in every single area of your life. And so it is vital that we are taking care of ourselves. But at the same time, like you said, society is like, go, 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 never slow down. Like never take a moment for yourself. Like drink coffee. Like don't stop. Like just keep going. And it's wrong. It's toxic. It's toxic to our health. It's toxic to our own emotions and suppression and it's making and keeping us sick. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. What What's interesting is I think as it's interesting how things kind of snowball and you're like, okay, here I am. I wanted to help people. Um, and I do find a lot of people that are end up in kind of alternative healing modalities, a lot of times started in another healing place. So it's interesting that you're like, my the seed was I want to help people. And what was traditionally um, available is nursing school. However, as you started to listen to yourself, as you started right. to examine who you are, you're like, there are so many other ways in which I can help people that go so much deeper than surface level and detachment. I can help people actually heal, which allows you the, mm -hmm. the understanding of the psychology in the brain allows you to have a deeper understanding of people's emotions, people's energy. And when they come to you for a session, you're able to give them really tools, exercises, things like that, that aren't far-fetched. Like they're not you pulling shit out of the air. You're like, no, I'm doing this because it helps actually to rewire your brain, the neural pathways that can be created. Like the neuroplasticity in the brain is incredible because right. it does have the ability to, to generate mm -hmm new synapses and new connections, but you have to initiate that, which I think is such a powerful tool for, for yeah. anyone to be able to have somebody like you available to them that, that sees both sides and allows the both to be incorporated, which kind of like brings me to my next thing I want to talk about. Cause I know that you have an incredible, um, like jewelry business and, and things like that, that you started with just crystals. Like you had this love of crystals um, how do you kind of incorporate this into a lot of your healing practices? Like how did this kind of evolve them from, from just, you know, healing or just, you know, I want to wear this, this pretty rock, <laughs> which is what a lot of people think. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. And I, so it was after I started energy healing and, you know, I've always wanted to connect with crystals, but I felt like I never could. I was the kind of person that was like what do you mean a crystal has a higher frequency like what do you mean your crystal gives you messages like what do you mean and it wasn't until like it kind of all just fell into my lap one day and I was like all of a sudden I like got came into an abundance of crystals and then all of a sudden I was making jewelry and I was like this is just like meant for me like it just came into my life like so unexpectedly and since working with them like now I'm like, I used to be like, what do you mean a crystal vibrates at a frequency? And now I'm like, my ancestors speak to me through my crystals. Like I am so like, I am there. <laughs> I, yeah, I have just let them take me away. Truthfully, like when I am working with crystals, I am not in my head. I am connecting to that oneness that we talk about. It's meditation for me. It is exactly like yoga for some people. It's my meditation. I get into a zone 
where all I feel is their energy and I'm just wrapping away and just feeling the power and infusing my intention and my energy into them. And through doing that, it has just made me realize like, crystals are just a part of nature. And, you know, I started what another part of my healing journey was listening to a podcast by Eckhart Tolle mm-hmm. on the new earth awakening, his book yeah. he wrote, where he talks about how we are all just like a tree and to yeah. become more like nature, to sit with a tree or a flower. And, you know, that's always been in my subconscious because of course our subconscious remembers everything. And so when I started working with crystals, I'm like, this is just nature. This is a part of the earth and I am part of the earth. Therefore this crystal is me and I am this crystal. I I translated what I knew about crystals and what I knew about myself and nature and energy to be one of the same. And I'm just a spiritual being living in a physical body that crystals are really a part of me and I can use them to help people heal. Um, and I can help them heal my own life. I can, I can put my negative energy into them. I can, I don't have to take on these emotions and thoughts. And when I feel a certain way, I can give it up to my crystals. It doesn't have to be a person that you give it up to. You can give it up to another energetic being, which is everything, everything's energy. So you can give it up to anything, but because crystals vibrate at a higher frequency it's so easy for them to take that energy and to cleanse your own energy and to release that those emotions and that 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 pain inside your body because remember emotions is just energy in motion so if you can take that emotions that are negative in your body and put them into another energetic being which is a crystal then you don't have to take it on which is beautiful because most people think when they feel a certain way that they deserve to feel this way they deserve pain they deserve to suffer which is not the case you're going through this human experience because it's part of your life's path it's a part of your journey and this experience is going to help you to whatever your life's purpose is and so crystals have really helped me realize my own potential i mean there's been moments like answers to things that I've been praying over. I have been like on my hands and knees before on the ground, bawling my eyes out, like, give me the answer. And meditating with a crystal, which vibrates at that higher frequency has been able to give me that answer so much quicker. It is a literal tool to help you heal, but you have to believe in it. Like anything, if you don't believe it, it's not going to work. How, like, if, if your mind says one thing, your body's not going to go to the other. If you're literally thinking in my head, like, this is bullshit, like, crystals don't work, like, they're not going to work. Your brain is literally shutting off the opportunity for the crystal to give you the answer. It's literally like, nope, can't, like, you decided, like, that's on you. Like, but you have to be open. You can't just be like, all right, like, never believed in crystals, but I'm hearing you talk, so now I believe in crystals. Like, you got to really believe it. Like, really, but like, just any, like, any. Well, it's like anything if you believe else. it it's yeah. gonna come true exactly like it's yeah. literally like anything else like if you don't think that you could win the lottery you're probably never going to if you don't think you can get the job you're probably not going to like like most people don't leave an interview and being like i'm for sure not getting the job and then get a call back yeah i have never right. heard that story so if you have heard that story please let me know if you're listening right put it up there yes um So knowing that like some of your history and things like that, what are some of the crystals that you would recommend for anxiety one and then depression? Yeah. So, um, major, major stones for all of those clear quartz, rose quartz, and amethyst. I think those three are just like 
so powerful in so many different ways. Rose quartz more than anything because it is the stone of unconditional love. It teaches you how to love yourself. And again, it's if you believe it, your subconscious brain will take action on whatever you believe. Therefore, if you believe a crystal is going to heal your soul, then you're subconsciously going to start to take action. For example, when I wear my rose quartz in my brain, I literally like, don't think it consciously, but subconsciously I start to do things that help myself. Right. I start to give more people. I start to do random acts of kindness. I start to pour more into my Instagram and add more value to people's lives because my subconscious knows that this crystal can help me. So me, I, my subconscious starts to do the work. And so whatever you believe it's going to, it's going to work for you. You just have to believe it enough. And so I think rose quartz is number one for everything, because I think everything vibrates out of the frequency of love. And if you can, like, you can't do anything wrong if you're vibrating at the frequency of love, at the heart chakra frequency, like everything else just flows. And so rose quartz is so powerful because if the world operates on love and you're vibrating at that frequency, then everything else will just flow. Yeah, agreed. Totally. Oh, this has been such an incredible, incredible conversation. Um, I'm so grateful for you. Like it honestly, like there are so many things I was like, oh yes, I want to write that down. Like, oh yeah, like such a good little like snippet. Um, Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you. And I appreciate you giving your perspective again of, of not just like on crystals, but obviously like the, the healing modality of like, again, not, there's no separateness. Like you, the, the Western world can meet the Eastern world and it can be a beautiful blend. so if you guys are not following her already, um, I will tag Nicolette below in the show notes so you can follow her. She gives so much great information. She also does um, sales. So she sells through her Instagram stories a lot of times, which is really nice. It's first come first serve. Um, I have several of her pieces that I honestly get more compliments on than like some any other jewelry. Um, so she does incredible work. So you can find her there. Um, I do always like to ask one last thing. If you um, were in an elevator and you had about a five second ride to the next floor and you had to share with somebody one piece of advice um, that is the secret to life, what would it be? Believe in yourself because once you realize that, anything can happen. You can literally have anything you've ever dreamed of, even if you think it is so irrational. If you believe in yourself, you can literally have it all. Like Uh, literally anything that you never thought was possible, you can have if you believe in yourself. Ah, I love that. Like, I would like to hear that in my five second elevator ride. I'd be like, yes, I would get off. Like be doing like fist bumps. Yes, yes. It's so true. But society teaches us not to believe in ourselves. So if you can do that, then you can change your life in a moment. Uh, I love that. Thank you again so much, Nicolette. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, one of the only ways that I can know who you are and who's listening and um, is to actually share on social. So uh, Facebook, take a screenshot of you listening, share it to Instagram, tag me um, at Shalane Carter, let me know that you're listening. I can see, you know, how many listens, like how many downloads, but I can't actually see who it is. And I really like to know who's here listening in my community. And I like to be able to know what episodes you guys like and all the information that we're sharing, what was your biggest takeaway? So please don't forget to leave a review or share it on social. So I know who you are because I like to get to know you. Um, And until next time, guys, cheers. Cheers.